tell you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol at Big Cat Rescue. Carol is the Mother Teresa of cats. We will end the private possession of these cats. This is my way of living, and nobody's going to tell me any otherwise. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, Madness, season finale, season one, wrap up. Tiger King, if you haven't watched or listened to the podcast of the first uh, Tiger King uh, episode, Check that out real quick. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, we are going to discuss Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, Madness in full spoilers. So just wanted to put that heads up. Um, first of all, I just want to give a big shout out to all the first responders and healthcare workers worldwide. I can't thank you enough for being on the front line of this quote unquote pandemic. Um, everyone in the world is experiencing different uh, sides of what's happening, the lockdown, this worldwide lockdown. So I just wanted to say uh, I'm extremely appreciative to all of uh, you all who are on the front line. We could obviously not get through this without you. Um, so today, the Tiger King season finale wrap up. Holy Santa Claus shit. I was absolutely floored watching this show. I thought the first episode was crazy, talking about the major three characters that are focused on in the first episode. But holy Santa Claus shit. I was just like, where did these documentary uh, makers find this eccentric cast of people? Like, everyone they interviewed was so gripping to listen to. I wanted to hear all of the stories from all of them. I wanted 10 episodes from this, but I think that this was substantial at seven episodes. And by the way, I think I might have said it was eight episodes at the beginning of first episode. I'm just correcting myself. And if there's any corrections that I need to uh, put in place, um, they will be done in uh, another podcast or in the show notes, or I'll reference them in an aftercast. Um, aftercast is where we talk about behind the scenes of the Lucky Doll podcast and talk about... Um, just feedback we're getting from everyone behind the scenes, either on uh, uh, YouTube or email or comments or whatever. Um, but anyway, we are discussing uh, Tiger King, the 2020 true crime documentary television series about the life of Joseph Maldonado Passage. It was released on Netflix March 20, 2020. The series focuses on the small but deeply interconnected society of the big cat conservationists like Carol Baskin, owner of Big Cat Rescue, and collectors such as Maldonado Passage, a.k.a. Joe Exotic, who Baskin accuses of abusing and exploiting the wild animals. So the first episode, I already kind of done uh, did a recap of it, and I told you, I was like, these are the craziest people I've ever heard of. I can't wait to watch the next episode. Um, incredibly directed. Um, I did write down some notes about the show. This is going 
like worldwide number one to the charts, mostly because I think everyone get wants to get their head out of the COVID-19 situation. I think seeing a, such a big shit show on such an accessible platform such as Netflix, which makes it that much more accessible, the the guy is incredibly memeable. Uh, when I say memeable, I mean it's you know. I've seen a hundred different uh, Carol Baskins uh, uh, killed her husband, changed my mind memes or something like that, or uh, Joe Exotic for president, or just random uh, obscure memes all over social media regarding this guy. And he's incredibly memeable. I mean, there's so many aspects about the guy, from whether the fact that Joe Exotic thinks he's a country singer, he's a, he's he thinks he's a controversial, uh, he thinks he's... Uh, he thinks he's not exploiting the animals. He, all of these different people in this documentary are all pointing the finger at each other, saying they're this, they're that, they're this, they're that. I'm this. I'm good. They're not. You know, everyone's a fucking hypocrite. Um, but once you find out by the end of the documentary is simply that. I mean, everyone in this documentary is involved in what I'd say a seven episode car wreck, train wreck. It is incredible to, to watch every episode unfold. Um, so I'm kind of just dancing around it a little bit and spoiler free, but we're going to really talk more in spoilers. Um, I did not, I, well, okay. So going into this a little bit more in depth, um, I wrote down some notes from episode six and seven. So I found out by watching the majority of it, most of the series is teasing him in jail, but him being a tiger trainer is almost one of the least interesting aspects of this guy's life. I mean, this guy has been through the fucking roller coaster when it came down to his uh, Joe Exotic. They cover, you know, him growing up and not being accepted by his family all the way through him being like 60 years old and almost being uh, somewhat of a quote-unquote cult leader. I mean, we really do find out all of these different characters have a really shady past. We find out uh, the Bhagavan, Doc Antle, the animal trainer uh, who founded a 50-acre animal, uh, animal uh, preserve in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina trains animals for Hollywood films and that guy is kind of like the big shit on the street and he really tries to paint himself as you know one of the 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 nicer guys on the block but the documentary really goes into detail in a way that makes it look like he's got several wives he has uh, a you know polygamy going on just as much as everyone else in this it Everyone has this crazy sexual exotic desires all by surrounding the tigers. It's almost like the tigers are set dressing for them to get even more stuff, to get more money, to get more girls, to get more fame, to get more everything else but what you would need to help the animals. Um, in episode six, we also find out more about this uh, plot to kill Carol Baskin. Now, Carol Baskin is... Uh, got a shady past as well. I mean, I think it was like episode three or four. If episode three, they really go into a depth of showing what happened to her multi-million dollar worth husband. He feels like 
he's going to go missing. It happens to actually go missing, but there's a setup to make it possibly look like he went to Costa Rica and he'd always talked about it. He was also very promiscuous in ways. Lots of background stuff, lots of craziness, lots of drama, a lot of juicy ass drama. And there seems to be, you know, some sort of motive for her to have wanted to acquire all of this stuff. And his uh, death certificate ended up showing up to saying, if anything happens to me or if I end up disappearing, I thought that was big enough. Like, what the fuck? How did they, how did they, like, why did, why was that not looked into more? Why was the van not looked into more? The the detective work on this was almost sloppy as shit. I, I felt like we were the detective when we were going through all of the clues. I mean, this the way this documentary is laid out is not exactly in Carol Baskin's favor. As as in, it's not really in Joe Exotic's favor either, either although I think they are kind of leaning on Joe's side. For the majority of the, the episodes, I will say towards the end, it really showed the more heinous things that Joe was trying to do and how he was treating the animals. And that overall, this, uh, this documentary does not focus in on how the animals are being treated or... Uh, uh, animal abuse of that sort. They do show us a little bit and imply it in areas, you know, show the animals being aggravated and whatnot. And they talk about some of the animals being shot toward the end. Um, I was like, damn, I didn't know it was going to go that far. And they even, even, sorry, blah, blah, they even go to the extent of saying, you know, um, Joe, Joe had uh, skeletons in his, you know, backyard as well. So it was like, oh my gosh, and this is stuff they didn't immediately release off the first couple episodes. So the documentary is very well laid out in the way that they are just sprinkling all of these bits and pieces of information. And just about like the 30 minute mark, some like mic drop happens and you're like, wait, what the fuck? And it just makes you have to watch the next episode. So uh, continuing on the notes that I had for this, um, the Google Path that they showed, I can't believe that uh, they had, I I don't even know why this hadn't really gone through my head, but Joe had gone to the extent of fi finding where Carol was riding her bike and whatnot and talking about taking her out. This guy, I, I don't know, you either got to be crazy or stupid or a, a, a big combination of both to advertise that you want to kill somebody that that much i mean we saw him shooting dummies and talking about carol baskins not going to be uh i'm not going to be happy till carol baskins in a uh you know dead or something like that or he, he he told multiple people was asking multiple people he was not shy about the fact that he was not uh keen about carol baskin now um, he did admit that I think that they both were giving each other business by doing this. Now, so it's a little bit weird. Um, and Carol Baskin, the, the, the main thing about her, I don't want to defend her at all. I don't know if I have a strong opinion if she did take her husband out. I mean, the, the facts do not look good and the, and what her, um, uh, the, the daughters are saying and the previous wife is saying there's just a lot of evidence that this does not look good as well as people in his court now carol the fact is she didn't look 
sad. She didn't seem to have emotion or she didn't seem to care to want him back in a way. Uh, I know that the the marriage was, I think, was kind of going south, but it really didn't imply that it was that bad, in my opinion. Now, it, they were talking about possible motive or something like that, and she would be able to get all of the uh, the money, essentially, and that's exactly what she did. Um, so, it, and gave the kids like 10% of whatever, so I, I don't know what they say, no one knew how much the her husband was worth, like 10 to 20 million or something like that, and uh, everyone kind of had an obscure background, and uh, it, was, it was very interesting when it came down to that. But anyways, the fact is the documentary was not in favor for Carol Baskin, in my opinion. Then again, everything she said and everything she did did not look that good. Um, you know, she kept saying, Joe's this, Doc Antle's that, you know, all these other big... Uh, uh, all these other uh, animal rescue places and zoos are just breeding animals and using them to exploit them. Now, I'm not saying that they're not, but what, I mean, what she looked like she was doing was no different. This is just the fact that she had a nonprofit. Um, and so it really dug deep under us as a viewer of why we didn't give a shit about Carol Baskin. Like every time Joe's like, she's the dirtiest, you know, most heinous woman ever. Um, yeah, but the fact is they're showing her being all nice and acting like an angel and doing, you know, this, that, and the other. I was like, mm, I don't know about all that, you know, excuse me. I need to get a little coffee. All right. <clears throat> so Yeah. The documentary was not in favor for Carol Baskin. I'll say that up front. Um, it did not make her look good. And she didn't have a really good explanation for where he went or if she was missing him at all. It, it just felt like, okay, so she just moved on. And kind of the same thing with uh, Joe's Joe's situation. He lost one of his husbands. He, it turns out he kind of seduce these young men at a very young age, very similar to how the Bhagavan was doing with these young women, and paying them very little, terrible living conditions, and ends up marrying them and keeping and and supplying them with uh, pot and uh, uh, meth. And I think that Travis was one of the main parts of Joe Exotic's life that was keeping him grounded. And once that I think that unraveled around episode five or something like that. It was like, holy shit, this is, there's life or death situations that are coming up on this uh, true crime documentary now. And the fact is he shot himself right in front of the campaign manager. I was like, God dang, this is literally, you could not make this up. It, you just could not write this. It, it's insane. It writes itself as a movie. It, it's just absolutely insane. Um, so you find out a lot more about the drugs, the the behind the scenes of the marriage, that the guys might actually have been straight. They just were doing anything to do what, you know, to to stay high or do whatever they wanted. Like, I think they said that the other husband, I can't remember his name, John, I think, um, the guy with the messed up teeth who has not really nice teeth, um, 
is uh, I think they said that Joe was buying him guns and buying him uh, camo stuff, buying him uh, ATVs and whatnot, and basically doing the same thing for Travis, just with whatever Travis wanted. It was... Um, they're they're running small cults in a way. I don't really know how much better to say it. Uh, I I didn't think about it like that at first, but then the more they were describing it, I was like, um, this does not look good. You know, let me uh, plug this up real quick. Sorry. There we go. Okay. Um. Old damn Carol Baskin. I the one thing about this is it does take your mind off of the craziness that's happening in the real world to see something else crazy happening. Um, I will say that. Um, he's also got a self-written country song for every occasion. I just got to say that um, there are dubs that are happening over his voice. I don't have whoever sung sung his songs, but he's not actually singing them. There's people that are uh, doing it for him, so. Just wanted to heads give people a heads up. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, he's a lot better than I was expecting. Well, he's lip syncing. So just giving everyone uh, 101. It's actually two guys that are singing for him. Uh, let's see. It was also really exploitive to have that song and talk about Travis really inappropriately at his uh, funeral. And his family did not seem to enjoy that. I don't know. It was... I <laughs> I don't really know which, much more to say more than that. Um, I'm I'm sorry that you know from just the the craziness craziness that's happening all around this guy. Um, let me see. I I've come to the conclusion exotic animal people are crazy from the Jeff Lowe guy and uh, his fucking hitman dude. That guy is definitely definitely got some blood on his hands. I mean, um. All these people seem like they're running, running in just a bad crowd. Um, from the the girl that lost her hand to the guys that lost his legs, to the guy that I mean, at the very end, that one guy had a fucking drinking problem from hell. I I don't know if they were acting it up or whatnot, but that guy was fucked up. Like, and they had a Smirnoff bottle in every scene they they were showing him when he was having to testify against Joe right before he was going out. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, so Joe lost the election. He lost both husbands. He lost his Tiger Park. He's lost his freedom. Carol drove him to drain his folks dry after he copyrighted her business, which was so stupid. Why would you do that? This just so dumb. Um, the what do you say? Big Cat Rescue Entertainment with the same fucking <laughs> logo doesn't even make sense. Um, the fire lost the producers that show that was an episode four. I, I would be like, I'd be so distraught. I couldn't even think about what would happen. I, it, it just makes me want to go back up everything I have and put it in a completely different building. Now I'm like, Oh my gosh, could not even think about that. Um, let me see. Jeff Lowe is almost literally a bad guy from a movie. In the way they introduce him, I, I think Double Toast actually talk about this. They, they have that same introduction for all of these people. They are just doing the slow pan up of the person while the, someone's describing them um, and then walking in slow-mo. I don't know. It's it's a little generic now. I, I, I'm kind of ready for a new intro now. Uh, reenactments with Hitman the Glo uh, Glover, the Hitman. Um, 
were they going through like reenactments with Hitman uh, with uh, the Glover guy? I, I, it was kind of hard to tell. It looked like they were trying to do reenactments, um, but with the real guy. Not not sure. I don't. I'm, that was in episode six. Um, episode seven. Okay, so the majority of this season is really excellent. I did have a couple quibbles when it came to the end. I thought I was going to be like, holy fuck, yes, yeah, ooh, 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 can't wait to watch the, listen to the podcast on uh, Tiger King and everything. So, first off, the podcast that they had six episodes for free, I think it was Wondery or whatever, they took all three, sorry, all six episodes of the podcast Tiger King off. They knocked it down to three and apparently added ads and made the other three podcasts for it. Um, you have to pay for. So I, you know, mixed feelings about that. I, I don't mind the ads, but you know, if you're going to have them for free for a week and then all of a sudden take them down, that's a little bit, that's a little bit shady. So it's, a, I, I don't know if I'd support listening to the Tiger King podcast. Although I will say up front, the first episode and a half I listened to that does touch on more of the animal abuse in it. So just kind of giving everybody a heads up with that, Episode 7 did present the problem I felt with the um, the documentary, and it is coming down to the fact that Joe Exotic is the most interesting person, and teasing him in jail was, was done on purpose. We wanted to see the whole documentary. Holy shit, how'd he get in jail? Let's talk to him once he's in jail. Let's see the court case. Well, you don't really get much of the court case. Most of the court case is shown in drawings and from follow-ups of people walking into the courtroom. They talk about it from the news perspective, you know, how the news producers were, were handling it and how the people around Joe were handling it. But we could not really actually talk to Joe. So the problem, I would say, with the major- the majority of how this documentary ended was... The lack of court footage, um, you know, there's nothing the documentaries could have done. It, it just really emphasizes how powerful it is to be in a courtroom in some of these documentaries that we watch. I just watched The Staircase recently, and being able to watch, you know, the actions of the juror, the judge, and everybody in there feels very uh, vital to understanding the court court case. And so... We got it all through drawings and before and afters from other people. And it looked like hidden cams of some of the undercover people that went... Uh, I don't remember the guy that went undercover, but uh, yeah, the... Uh, anyways, I think the biggest problem with this final episode is we get probably the least amount of Joe that we get in the whole season. And this entire... I think it this series is hinged on the back of the main character, Joe. Having him locked up, unable to talk to, unable to say anything, is, you know, difficult. Um, so we get basically no court, foot, uh, court footage, um, only drawings. We got a real-life Kim Wexler. I was like, holy shit, this lady walked straight off of uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, this was the FBI a, uh, agent that was taking Joe down and I really love I really loved her energy. I was like, wow, she's uh she's powerful just in the way she's uh presenting herself and uh loved how they were showing it. Um what is the guy's name? Um I'm going to pull it up in 2 seconds. I uh, it's the new guy that owned the strip club at the beginning. One thing I was not expecting about this series was um 
how important everyone was going to be. Like everyone they showed within the series seemed to have a very vital role. Even the guy, Tim Stark, they showed him like very early in the, uh, in the show. And I was like, Oh, this guy's just kind of far off in, in nowhere. And it turns out, uh, this guy comes, comes back and starts working with Jeff Lowe and they become partners and they find out that Jeff is just kind of using Tim. We don't even know if Jeff has any money. He's just come some sort of player and he's just kind of using, exploiting the tiger so that he doesn't have to take care of them, but he uses them, takes them up to, he was taking them up to hotel rooms and, uh, you know, showing them off to girls and having sex with all of them. Uh, the girls, not the tigers, but, um, the, uh, uh, Jeff Lowe, he was kind of a piece, a piece of work. Um, okay. So the guy's name was James Garrettson who went undercover for the FBI and really he was the rat. Um, this was straight up like FBI shit. I was like, holy fuck. So I was, I was really, uh, uh, not expecting that. Um, let me see what else they got. Um, oh, let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Eric Crow. Sorry. Eric Cowie was the one that I was, uh, talking about. He's, he was really fucked up at the very end. I was, he, he's, he just does not look like he's handling his time away from the zoo very well, even though the time at the zoo was not that great. Um, they just say countless hours of work, hundreds of millions of dollars, sorry, hundreds of thousands of dollars to feed all these animals. Um, just insane. And, and it really became apparent, uh, that the animals at the, during this documentary, 90% of this is not about the animals. They are just set dressing and they are just kind of a, uh, an entity to have, um, to show statue, um, Look what I have, what you can't. Everyone at the end is pissed at everyone. Um, pointing fingers, Joe's ratting everybody out, saying Doc Antle was uh, murdering young cubs after the 12 weeks that they're useful. They just become like a liability and expensive. And at the very end, you really get a sense of uh, Joe and his mindset towards uh, the tigers. It really became about exploiting the tigers he once he got in trouble, you know, I said at the first episode, I didn't think he was going to hurt the tigers. I ended up being wrong. They found this literal skeletons in the back of his yard. They um, they show one of the instances of the tigers actually attacking. Uh, I think there's only a couple instances of the tigers getting aggressive with the the tamers. One obviously was when Kelsey lost her hand, but also when um, when Jeff was taken down that, uh, lion. I was like, Oh shit, this is intense. This is, you know, um, I think they, you know, obviously have the music to make it go with it, but it's like, Oh fuck. You know, Jeff is not afraid of this fucking massive ass lion. Um, but, uh, another thing is, uh, what was the, uh, Oh, the animal, sorry. It was, it might've been a tiger or liger. One of them had, uh, grabbed Joe and he's kind of pulling his leg toward him. And it's like, Oh fuck, is he taking Joe down? And this is like the first time we've really seen any, uh, aggression towards Joe. And Joe has said explicitly to the cameraman that he would kill, um, he, he would kill a human before he would kill an, uh, any of his tigers. And we just find out that's a flat lie. And his cover for it is that the only way to euthanize it is, you know, put it to sleep or shoot it. So it's just like, I don't know, man, that is just not good. Um, 
I don't remember. If he said there might there might have been one cub. I don't I don't remember. It's, it was hard to listen to honestly, and that was when I really started to tune out of the Joe Exotic uh, phase. I think by the end of the series, the majority of people were going to pretty much sour on the majority of the characters that are featured in it. I mean, it is kind of a roller coaster ride and fun to watch at first, but then it really turns sour. Remember it really reminds me of this uh, you know, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul characters of how the 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 spiral of somebody can just turn you uh turn you to the worst. So, um I did think that last episode was a little bit weird with the eye of the tiger fucking coming out of the nowhere with the fucking James Garretson's ass on it. I was like, I didn't need to see that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very apparent that the animals are almost forgotten. And I think they, they do touch on at the very end with the credits talking about, you know, the population and, uh, the big cat act and not being, um, past yet. I'm curious about that. I, I want, I do want to hear like a full opinion. I, you know, did y'all like Tiger King and whatnot? Did, did y'all agree with, um, what some of the animal conservationists were doing. I mean, it was crazy to think that the animal conservationists or someone hired by PETA, PETA or something like that, like Joe said, would would um, uh, go burn down his uh, shed full of alligators and crocodiles or whatever the hell. Um, I, I couldn't imagine that, but I don't know. People are crazy and have done crazier things. Um, overall, it's a very impressive documentary from the direction to the style of characters. I mean, just even the fucking attire, uh, it's, it's bizarre. Um, the ending could have benefited from a court scene or two. Other than that rich, unique story, this unique, rich story, uh, proves life is stranger than fiction. I can almost guarantee there will be a movie. Double Toasted, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, mentioned that the Coen brothers should absolutely uh, produce or direct something like this, write something like this. It would be uh, probably the exact exact amount of drama and comedy you'd need. Think about like Fargo or something. Or just give me just give me something. I'm ready to see some uh, actors in this, although I don't think it'll be even as good as this real life. Uh, take is I I don't know I I would be very interested to see it. Um, also want to see a follow up on these characters. You know these are extremely interesting characters. Most of them are highly compelling. At the very end, we find out the Bhagavan's like raided and whatnot by the FBI, like craziness. Even he says like I'm not I'm not trying to say shit to, that I'm gonna have to repeat on for the defense attorney. Like I I think that some of these people I was. I was I was very surprised at how much these people said on the cameras. I I almost guarantee you none of these people saying this to the camera uh for, for this documentary knew that it was going to get as big as it is. I mean, if Carol Baskin isn't one of the most hated people trending, you know, in the last 2 weeks, then I don't know what is. Um I mean, the news just went off any all the pop culture news all everyone that's not covering uh covid-19 news seems uh just uh completely and utterly obsessed with, with some tiger king so uh let me give some 
news uh, updates on these. I'm not really going to go any facts or these are probably mostly opinions. And uh, but this is just on the Tiger King news on Google. Um, it says uh, TMZ says uh, Tiger King may help police solve disappearance of Carol Baskin's missing husband. That would be the most insane thing if. Uh, you know, this documentary is the one to open up more cases. I almost guarantee that, you know, there's some information out there that would help. Um, I mean, how many times has a documentary opened up real life investigations and influenced real life investigations? I mean, think of like the jinx. Think of like uh, uh, making a murder. I mean, Netflix has done a pretty good job with uh, in, in the Ted Bundy one as well. It definitely wasn't as compelling as this and I will say the one thing that this uh, is benefiting from among other things this uh, specific uh, documentary is with the exception of a couple of small cases and of course the animal abuse that's obviously kind of curtailed on the side um, there aren't too many parts that are regarding you know like an actual crime. Like most of these true crimes are about somebody actually being dead. And thank goodness, uh, for the most part, I think most people would agree that it's good that nobody died. I'm not sure if, you know, Carol Baskin is a hundred percent innocent, but I don't, you know, I don't wish death upon people. I'm just saying, um, it's kind of easier to watch a documentary when, there isn't actually someone that has suffered or a family that has suffered. I just watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary not too long ago. And it was, um, it was enlightening to learn about both sides of the story relatively. But, um, there's also that is, you know, the fact is that someone lost their life and you are getting a, a ounce of entertainment value. But the majority is, uh, for factual information. Um, so that, that's why I always say that it's, I enjoy true crime to an extent. So with saying that, I think this does benefit from not actually having people have died. Um, but more or less people have been exposed. So let's see where Tiger King takes us. Uh, let's see a couple months from now, let me know how everyone is doing. I, wanted to discover Tiger King. It's it's an incredible piece of media. It's uh, something that can't really be compared to too many other things. I did talk about the other podcast that we had covered. Um, let me know if I can uh, share your business. I am offering a couple of advertising spaces that are, you know, for small businesses that are being uh, affected by the coronavirus is something that we on the podcast can do relatively easy and on low budget. And I just want to help somebody out there or somebody's that have a small business that uh, could use some help at this time. So um, thank you for watching, listening, Lucky Dog Podcast. We could not do this podcast without your help. Um, check out the rest of the Lucky Dog Podcast on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, all the popular social medias, Twitch. Um, email the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, paypal.me slash the Lucky Dog Podcast. Links are all in the description. Um, if you want podcasts early, I drop them early on YouTube and at uh, Lucky Dog Podcast and. Um, 
I drop weekly podcasts on audio form um, via SoundCloud or iTunes or whatever your popular podcast player is on Tuesdays. So thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing. Look at all podcasts. We could not do this without you. And... This is my first album, I Saw Tiger. There's 28 songs and 16 music videos. I saw Tiger, now I understand. I saw Tiger, Tiger saw me. I saw a Tiger, and the Tiger saw a man. <laughs>